0: Bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there, and way out of here. Second walk home run, slam. Hello and welcome in everyone to episode 160 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at mike underscore curland, and we are continuing our off-season content. Going down a bunch of names as I get into my rankings. And we're diving into three more today. We have Dalton Varsho, we have Ian Happ, and we have Brandon Lau. I tend to gravitate towards hitters because that's my comfort zone. I will be touching on pitchers as well, but for all offseason pitching content. Check out my buddy, SP Streamer. His podcast pretty much will be doing a similar idea, but with pitchers from what I heard today. He didn't tell me because he's you know terrible friend. But no, in all seriousness, though, Mike's a smart dude with pitching, and he's going to be doing this stuff all season as well, I believe. So go ahead and check out his podcast. But I digress. Before you check out his podcast, finish listening to mine. Mine is better. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, don't forget to check us out on skplaybook.com. We have launched a community. We're building it right now. Fantasy football season is in full effect. We have a podcast, you know, the, another fantasy football podcast no one asked for. All this stuff is linked in the description of the podcast. You can find it all on skplaybook.com, the letter S, the letter K, playbook.com. You can find all this information. But in terms of our community, you know, we do pretty much 24-7 access to our Discord. Get a hold of me, George, and a couple others that I have helping out in there. Talking football, baseball. We have some basketball, actually. Ranks about to drop on the site. Buddy Ryan's doing those. Um, it's just two fifty per month. So for $2.50 a month, unlimited access to us. And I plan on doing some more premium content just available to community members going forward. So, again, that's skplaybook.com. You can check out our community, check out the site. Got some new articles up. Latest one on Ian Happ. We're talking about him today. He's the actual, he, like, he was the one that caught my attention for today's podcast i'm like all right well let me write an article about them and there's a full article out there about them i'm going to highlight some of the things from it today in the episode but if you want a full deeper dive breakdown i just wrote one up on the site all right enough housekeeping let's go ahead and jump right into these names um let's just start with dalton bar show and right now my early ranks have dalton bar show as my fifth catcher in the second half he just kind of got going, and I think a lot of it came with just him having the playing time. He played 33 games in the first half, 60 in the second. He, he hit 143 in the first half com- compared to 290 in the second half. Right there, that, that shows like, okay, what happened? Well, before we get to what happened, you know, diving a little more deeper, he cut the strikeout rate down from 25%, which was still really good, to 19.6% in the second half. The walks also came down from 12.5% to 8.2%. So what this tells me without looking any further is that he was more aggressive at the plate, more, more than likely, get, maybe made more contact because, again, good batting average in the BABIP wasn't even that inflated. It was only 327 in the second half. He's somebody that has above average speed. I think the BABIP at 327 is a fair one This was the 128 WRC plus at 368 WOBA, both of which are very good numbers. 100 is your league average WRC plus WOBA. League average is about 320, 330, I believe. I have to double check it, but offhand, it's usually right around 330, if I remember correctly. And I mean, the ISO was 240. The OPS was 879. The dude was just everything we wanted him to be, and he played enough at catcher to sustain that catcher eligibility so he should be a catcher but he'll probably play more than the average catcher because although he might catch some next year Varsha will play other positions so there's that versatility there's the playing time that's all encompassing and why I'm giving him another chance I think I had him close to top five before he found out he wasn't starting in the big leagues last year then I dropped him but this year he's entering 2022 as my number five catcher behind uh, Grandall, Will Smith, uh, Romuto, and of course uh, Sal Perez yes I have him above Wilson Contreras Uh, I'm not sure if that's a hot take, but that's where I'm at right now. Anyway, back to some of the stats at hand. Let's break them down a little more. So the second half, we saw some changes in the plate discipline. We saw some positive production. He also had five stolen bases. Again, another big reason why he's so valuable at catcher. Varsho had five stolen bases in the second half, six total, zero caught stealing. I think 10 is a very realistic outcome. So give me Varsho at catcher with a potential for ten steals. I'd say around seven to eight is fair, but still from the catcher. That's like a real Muto light. However, I don't buy into the two ninety batting average because, of course, you know I did prep a little bit before the show and um, looking at the plate discipline, the swinging strike rate is actually really solid. It's league average considering how much he swings he swings he had he had a swing rate in both halves like i did i looked at the first half the 33 game sample versus the 60 game sample and barsho his swing strike rate was about league average in both um the swing rate was 50% of the time 50.9% of the time he's swinging the bat he makes above average contact uh, Z contact he makes about i think a little above average uh, o contact nothing spectacular and, but he's but he's willing to swing a lot like his o swing which is how much you ch- you're willing to chase was 36.7% in the second half and 32% in the first half. So Varsho shows a willingness to chase. I'm afraid pitchers might try to exploit that. He ended up overall with a 245 batting average on the year. So I think Varsho batting 245 is very fair to expect, but he comes with power and speed. I mentioned the you know the fact that he wasn't caught stealing among those attempts is very promising. Um in the stat cast stuff, the only thing that really stood out, you know, he hit the, he hit just as hard in both halves, he barreled the ball a little more in the second half. And that's worth noting because the launch angle change happened. He was he had a 20.4 degree launch angle change prior to the second half. In the second half, Marshall dropped it to 17.1 degrees, excuse me. And with it, we saw line drive rate come up. We saw the barrel rates inch up a little bit. A few more grounders, but still a decent rate, sub 40% ground ball rate. So ultimately, I, um, I'm in on Bar Show. I think he should be a top five catcher. And like I said, there's not much else that really stands out. I just wouldn't expect the 290 batting average to stick, but the added aggression and the lack of strikeouts is really encouraging in terms of like you know sustaining some of the production and some of that babip. I'm um, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm hoping to see him build on this for next year. Even if he hits 240, Varsho is very valuable in fantasy because of those stolen bases. And I think again, he stole six and without even playing a full season. So I think 10 is very very fair and realistic. And again, that comes with 20 plus home run upside. Next player up is going to be Brandon Lau. And this is more like a reminder of how streaky Brandon Lau is. Oh, before I get to uh, Brandon Lau, apparently Varsho's nickname is Little Wheels, uh, according to Pavin Smith. Pavin Smith? I always say his name wrong. I think it's Pavin. It's probably Pavin. I don't know. I got to look it up. I, I, I hate not knowing names. I feel bad. But according to Pavin Smith, um, on the athletic, he they called him Little Wheels, and he's not sure how he feels about that nickname. But I love it, so Little Wheels Varsho is the new name going forward. Um, anyways, back to Brandon Lau. Last year, he crushed lefties. In 2020, Brandon Lau crushed lefties. In 2019, he sucked against lefties. So I figured I'm like, all right, cool. There's gonna be a middle ground this year. Hopefully, he figured it out. blah 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 blah. blah. Fast forward. And he did the same thing, but he did, the, he did a little bit of both. In the first half against left-handed pitching, Brandon Lau hit just 198, 261, 401, triple slash with a 284 WOBA and an 83 WRC plus with a 34% strikeout rate against left-handed pitching. Not good. Yikes. Terrible. However, sorry, that was on the year. I apologize. That was not the first half. That was on the year. The first half. He hit just 110, 196, 284. Oh, it gets worse. Yes. He hit just 110, 196, 286, triple slash against pitch lefties in the first half. Remember, those last numbers were on the year. So look how bad he was in the first half. The Wobble was 213. The strikeout rate was 41.2% with a WRC plus of 36. Again, first half, terrible. On the year, we're talking, okay, so the first half was 41.2%. On the year, it was 34% strikeout rate. First half was a 36 WRC plus against lefties on the year was 83 WRC plus. You see my point here is how good he was. All this is leading up to the strong finish against left-handed pitching that Brandon Lau had. He had a 296, 337, 531 triple slash on this in the second half against left-hand pitching. This was with a 368 WOBA, a 140 WRC plus, and just a 25.6% strikeout rate. So this strong second half, as good as it was against lefties, still made the overall line look terrible and that's why you have to look at splits on splits. Like, you look against lefties, it doesn't tell the whole story. And Brandon Lau was great down the stretch. He finished off with a – had a phenomenal year. He continues just to be – I think what it is is it just shows you – reminds you how streaky he is, and he's only 27 years old. feels like he's been in the league forever. But he continues to do this. Every year, you know, like this year he stole seven bases, hit 39 home runs. Um, I don't know if he's a 40 home run guy pushing that every year, but the, the power is legit. I just think this is who he is. He's going to run hot and cold. He started off the season kind of cold, but he kind of got, you know, he got to the finish line. He only had a 280 BABIP on the year. He's a career 308 BABIP guy. He hit 247. I think that's still, I think 245 to 255 or 60 is very realistic, but it comes with above average power and some speed. Again, seven stone bases isn't great, but you know, he was seven for eight. So the, the, it's a high not probability. Wow. That's a word. It's a high success rate. Like that's such a hard word to remember. So that high success rate suggests to me that he's not going to have a red light anytime soon, only 27 years old. He had 600 play appearances this year, even with platooning part of the year played 149 games. I don't see why you shouldn't be drafting him similarly going into 2022. I just think he's better off suited for Roto where you can absorb the good and the bad. Yeah. The batting average is a bit of liability. And I know he's not anything special at stone bases, but I think he's going to dip because I think you can, you know, you expect seven to 10 stone bases and the 30 plus home runs at this point, I'd say it's just a matter of um, not getting enough steals and then not hitting for good average. He should dip his stock a little bit because that's now he's only three fifths. He's like three and a half category producer. Brandon Lau is. So Lau, as much as I like him, it's all about, again, a lot of this is about ADP where these guys are going to end up. Because Brandon Lau is someone I'm intrigued at in those middle rounds, you know, like the sixth, seventh round, I'd be cool taking him. I think he belongs around that 75 to 80, or 75 to 100 overall range, probably, especially because second base, I feel like it's not as deep as we think it is sometimes. Again, I haven't gotten to a second base rankings yet. I'm just trying to think some spitball off the top of my head in terms of second base as a position, but I do think Brandon Lau deserves to be close to that, you know, maybe 80 ish to 100th overall area. And because because he does have the opportunity to hit, get those double-digit storm bases, but you can't bank on them. And because you can't bank on them, the bad batting average, power is easy to come by. He's not, he's not a must-get type of guy, but he is very intriguing and better off for Roto because, again, at the end of the year, it's always a solid stat line. Last, certainly not least, the guy that I really wanted to talk about today was Ian Happ. And again, skplaybook.com. I have a full write-up on him. In September alone, Ian Happ had eight home runs and seven stolen bases caught just once. So right there, high success rate. But he had, like I think, nine stolen bases on the year, and seven of them came in September. He had 25 home runs on the year. Eight of them came in September. 15 of them came. A total of 15 of the 25 came in just August, September. So what changed? And when you look at it, long story short, he changed his approach. He was far more aggressive at the plate. And this wasn't by chance. There was a whole article on The Athletic, which I linked in my article, discussing his uh, mental state, how he struggled, mentally had a hard time getting over it, mentally had a hard time accepting uh, certain things in terms of like production and how he's going to produce. He was saying like pretty much mental hurdles were hard for him to get over, but he seems like he's working through them. That's great because he started off the year slow, was getting going in May, got injured. The injury slowed him down. After the injury, he never quite got up to speed was in and out of the lineup, didn't get consistent playing time, and messed with his confidence. But we saw him be more aggressive at the plate. We saw Hap change his launch angle, actually, uh, from 8.2 degrees to 12.3 over August and September. The barrel rate over August and September, again, was up to 15% compared to 8.4 prior. Hard hit rate was up. Average exit velocity was up. Everything was trending upward towards the end of the year, and he made a conscious effort to do it. He actually, again, was very big on the mental, uh, his mental state, his approach change. He was very aware of these things and was actively working towards them. So it made me, makes me buy in more because this is a player who was openly working towards all that and figured it out at the end of the season. Now, Ian Hap was already a decent value coming into 2020 or 2021. And I think we'll get a better value entering 2022. I really do. And there's power and speed combination. Yes, power is easy to come by, but he also was batting third down the stretch. And this is a Cubs team that has no reason not to bat him towards the top of the lineup. So between getting the at bats at the top of the lineup, the plus power skill, which we know he has, and if he's going to be able to start stealing, maybe a little bit the way he ended stealing, I think Ian Happ has a really strong case to be a solid. I guess he'd be a sleeper. He'd probably he's probably gonna go close to that 250-ish ADP. And I'm good with that. Like that's the type of like, I'll take a chance on this player with the skill set that late especially if people aren't buying into the late fit, the strong finish at the end, I'm willing to buy in because he had reasoning and was discussing everything leading up to it. And it all started coming together for him. He is streaky. Ian Hap won't be, I mean, he was a league winner this year. If you picked him up because most people dropped him, if you picked him up for the final month and a half or so of baseball, he was a league winner. He really was. And people are, people are going to overlook that. People might've checked out of baseball by then. So if you're listening to this and reading the article, you already have a leg up because I do think Ian Happ is in for a solid bounce back this year and early drafters. He should come at quite a bit of a discount. All right. That's going to do it. I appreciate everyone checking us out. We're, you know, people are still listening to baseball content this late into the, uh, the season's over. And I love it that people are still listening. Um, if you are listening and you can leave a review on wherever you listen to a five-star rating review is greatly appreciated. It goes a long way in helping us, more seen i believe it's on itunes i don't know how the algorithm works but i know it does help not to mention don't forget to check us out on skplaybook.com where you can join our discord again 250 a month you get full access to me george and a few others i have helping out um fantasy football season we have the podcast again it's all linked in the bio of this episode if you want to find any of it or you can just find me on twitter at mike underscore curlin truly appreciate the support appreciate you all coming in and listening at this you know at the end of the season all that Stick around for more, and we'll be back probably next week right before FPAS. Going to be going to FPAS. Very excited for that. Now I'm rambling. But anyway, I'll try to get one or two more episodes in before uh, First Pitch Arizona comes, and now I'll be back with some First Pitch Arizona content probably. Discuss some of that stuff that happened over there. Get some of the people I get a chance to hang out with on the podcast. Start getting guests rolling back in here. You know, all the good stuff that we do every offseason. Just, again, I'm just happy to be back. I mean, it's been a while. I took a bit of a break, but, man. You can hear. I'm way excited to be talking about this stuff. So thank you again for sticking it out. If you're still listening, appreciate you letting me ramble. Um, Again, though, seriously, appreciate it all. Can't say it. I can't harp on it enough how appreciative I am everybody listening. And I will talk to you all very soon.